Doug Colbert and Billy Martin, and the Yankees want the bat. Look at Martin. Well, what they're talking about, Frank, is that he's got too much fine tire, and uh, you've got to have a certain amount of distance from the trademark of the bat and the fine tire. And Nettles is leaving the field as if the game is over. Oh, he's just coming in. I'm not sure. Uh, they might have a legitimate uh, gripe. They might be going to call George Brett out. Well, the end is win. He's out. Yes, sir. Brett is out. Look at, look at this. Brett is out. And he's demon back. He is out. And having to be forcibly restrained from hitting plate umpire Tim McClellan. And welcome back to Too Much Podtar. I am your host, Alex Keeler, as always. And here to talk some MLB draft, Keg Kribble signing with the Cubs. And just in on last night, uh, Dallas Keuchel was signed with the Braves. Uh, it only took seven months and two days for Kimbrel to, to sign and seven months and four days for Keuchel to sign. And since then, a lot has happened. You know, Tom Brady won a sixth championship. The average price of gas went down 50 cents and then only to rise back up again. And the Royals have lost 43 games. And also the Yankees didn't sign either Bryce Harper or Maine Machado. But first question here is going to be just, do you think these, you know, Kimber and Keiko are going to be as effective as they were, you know, what, like when they had full seasons? Or, you know, you know obviously – it might take them a little while for them to get effective. You know, they have they haven't pitched in months. Like you know, last since last September, they haven't pitched. I mean, obviously for uh, Kimberles all the way up till the World Series ended. But you know, these guys are definitely going to be a little, a little bit. You know, not not too ready to, to get pitched yet. But I, I don't know. Do you guys think it's going to take how long it's going to take for them to you know get into season mode? Uh, who wants to go first? John, Johnny, what do you got? Yeah, I think I think Kimbrell, yeah, um, they're already talking about him uh, starting off in the minor leagues for mm-hmm. a week or two. So I think it's going to take him a little time. Supposedly, Keuchel has been pitching simulated games like 90 and 100 pitches, according to Scott Boris, who's his agent. So who knows, you know, if that's yeah. accurate. Or not, but um, with Keiko, I think Keiko can step in within the next week, um, and pitch a few innings for the Braves, and that's mm-hmm. that's a great signing for the Braves. I mean, they were a game and a half out of first place. They won the division last year. This is the time to make their move. Uh, you know, it's a huge thing for them, especially with their young staff kind of struggling. You know, Fultonavich hasn't had the success he had last year. So I think signing Keuchel, getting someone who's a Cy Young Award winner, getting someone who's got playoff experience, who's got a World Series ring, stuff like that. It was a great signing for them. And for the Cubs, getting Kimbrell, it's definitely a great signing for them because that was, that was one of the weak points going into the season anyway. And Pedro Strope has been, meh. You know, they – they expected uh, Moreau to come back, and he has he's had a setback. So they've had issues in their bullpen. Getting someone like Kimbrell, even if they have to wait a couple weeks for him to come full circle 
and get him back to what he was. They're looking at the playoffs anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I think getting Kimbrell back even at the end of the month, full strength, you're talking about one of the best closers. I mean, you're talking about a top 10 closer all time. Yeah. So I think that's not going to be a problem. And it was a great signing by them. I mean, uh, as a Twins fan personally, I wish they would have signed one of these guys, but, you know, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know. Yeah, I and, think uh, – uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to add that uh, the Keiko signing is also reportedly $13 million for one year. So that's, you know, now at this point I didn't think it was going to be one year, but I, that's what happened. I think uh, – with the Craig Kimbrell signing, I think the Cubs just won the NL Central. And uh, yeah, the, we- that's the, so. the Cubs were – or the bullpen was the weak part of their team. Uh, I don't, ha- I don't mm-hmm. take the Pedro Strope slander, uh, but he's, he's an eighth-inning <laughs> setup guy. He's not a closer, I'll say that. Uh, I think when he goes back into his role as a setup guy, he's going to be a lot more effective than uh, he was as a closer. I think Craig Kimbrell uh, – I think it'll take Dallas Keiko actually a little bit longer to – come around back to where he was uh, last season than it will Kimbrell because Keiko's going to have to deal with if he's if he uh, is starting games right away he's going to have to deal with going through the lineup to the second and the third time and that's when pitchers statistically get hit the most and if he hasn't pitched in however long in an actual game then it might be even harder for him to do that whereas Kimbrell is just going to have to come and make some important relief outings, but he's not going to have to go through that lineup. So uh, either way for both teams, it's a good signing. And Dallas Keiko, what Dallas Keiko is, he's an innings eater. He will eat innings for you once he comes back around. He threw over 200 innings uh, last year, and people are saying he got worse. I mean, he did get worse, but his ERA was still under four. And what, a year ago he was a 2-9 ERA? So he's still a great pitcher. Yeah, I have to agree with what Geo's saying. Um, as far as Kimbrel and the Cubs, I mean, he said that the Cubs this pushes them over the top. I mean, they were kind of over the top anyway. They're they've been kind of rolling with this division lately. I mean, I know it's only like they're only technically one game above the Brewers right now, but they are is in my mind far and above everybody else. Yeah. Well, actually, I think it's anyway. as I think as, as of Thursday, they're actually tied Cubs and Brewers. But oh, okay. Yeah, I'm looking at old standings then, probably. Yeah, um, they, they but, both, yeah. This is a team that's just now starting to click on all cylinders. The Cubs are mm-hmm. with uh, Bryant finally getting into closer to MVP form. Uh, Baez, of course, already being an MVP guy. Guys like Contreras starting to hit like crazy. I mean, this team is already loaded, and like like Gio was saying, this is that's the weak spot on their on their team is the bullpen, and it's not like him. I love Strope. I love I love the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's maybe not a closer, quote unquote, but he's a solid bullpen arm. And as an eighth inning guy instead of a ninth inning guy, I mean, it's just deepening the bullpen that much. And, I mean, that's the one piece that they needed, and you can run away with, with three guys 
in the back of the bullpen. I don't know how people feel about C-Shack, but I, I, I like him too. Oh, yeah, I like C-Shack. So, I mean, they've got yeah. – mm-hmm. I mean, if they've got C-Shack and Strope being able to be solid bullpen arms for them that don't have to be the closer, that's just a really deep bullpen now. and That's the dominating force at the back end of the pen when, when they go into the playoffs. So, I really like their chances this year to definitely push and win the Central and maybe even uh, make some really big noise in the – come playoff time but yeah the Braves uh, that's a trickier one with Keuchel I'm not a huge Keuchel guy I'm not a huge fan of him I think like Gio said he's an innings eater and I mean he's a good innings eater it's not like Rick Porcello for the Red Sox <laughs> it's not that kind of job but mm-hmm. he's I mean, better than Porcello yeah it's it's the same idea though and like the thing is the Braves rotation They've been kind of iffy, but they they're they're deep in their rotation, mm-hmm. and so the young guys have come around. A guy like, yeah, yeah, adding a guy like Keiko, the leadership factor there, that's a pretty big deal. And yeah. so, I mean, it's just a question of who are they going to push out of the rotation now? Or are they going to go six man? Or are they going to kind of spot guys around here a bit? But they have a few weeks probably to play with it because, like Gio was saying. Yeah, he's probably been playing 90, 100 pitch simulated games. But that's nothing like pitching in the major leagues. These things, true. He's not going to come back and just dominate like his Cy Young year. But mm-hmm. he's got, if, if he can even eat innings, I'm not entirely sure I love Dallas Keiko in the NL East, honestly. I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think the AL East would have been a bad spot for him, too, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't, if the Yan- I'm not mad the Yankees didn't sign him. I think well, they- I was I was hoping no, the AL Central. The AL Central would be the best place him. for him. That's yeah. why I was hoping the Twins would sign him. Yeah, because I because he fit perfectly in Target Field. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. you know, he would fit perfectly with that rotation. I mean, I- someone with experience going with Odorisi and Barrios and like those guys, like he would have been he would have been a perfect fit. And when Minnesota. it comes to divisional opponents, the uh, AL Central, they don't have a lot of power in that division. They don't even have a lot of good hitting in that division. The, they don't have a lot of good teams in that division. Yeah. No. You know, the, the, extent, the AL West is the same way. The extent like, of the power in that division is just like Hunter Dozier for the uh, Royals maybe, and then you got Lindor if he starts hitting like he was. But it's it's not. That would have yeah. been the best place for him. I think he would could have dominated and. Or maybe not dominate, but he could have been a good pitcher in the AL Central. But in the yeah. NL East, I don't like him there. Yeah, I don't like him there either. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, still, the one, I still don't like Atlanta for the division either. No, I don't. I like the Phillies. The one, the one weird thing was though, I thought the, I thought the Braves would have went over, went went after uh, Kimbrel more than they did with Keiko. I thought they, like they didn't, it didn't really seem like they went after Kimbrel that much at all. They need to, they definitely need more more bullpen help than anything. That's true. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. And especially since Kimbrough started there. Yeah. He was drafted by the Braves. You yeah. know, I would, I would have thought they might want to take him back, like, get him back in a Braves uniform for the next mm-hmm. couple of years and, you know, whatever. But, oh, well. Sometimes I, uh, people, I, mean, I mean, all the fans were saying they wanted him back too. So. Could I uh, bring up something slightly off topic but relating to the NL East real quick? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so – uh, I was thinking, I'm like, what team, if they get hot, is every team going to be afraid of? And it's going to be the Washington Nationals. Like, we keep, every, yeah. 
everyone keeps putting their eggs in this basket, and I'm going to do it again. I think they're going to get hot soon. And when you're – I heard – I forget who said this. Someone, an analyst on MLB Network said, what rotation is scarier in a playoff series than game one, game two, game three? Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. I mean, maybe – uh, the Dodgers with Ryu Kershaw and uh, oh, I play, uh, Walker Mueller. Yeah. Uh, those two rival each other. But other than that, you don't, you're, there's not really a scarier top three in baseball. At least that's oh, – no. that's I am such a believer in the Nats. Me too. I, I picked them to win the division. Me too. I picked them to win the World Series. I did not do that. <laughs> I actually picked them to play – I picked them. I picked them against the Astros to win the World Series. I think Dave Martinez is just probably the worst bullpen manage, uh, manager in the league. He he's, he's horrible. Like I, it said I, everything yeah. that we needed to say when he was about to pull Max Scherzer from his outing, and Max Scherzer was just cursing at him. No, cursing at him. He's like, "No, I'm not coming out. I'm not letting mm-hmm. the bullpen blow the game for me again." And yeah. you know what? No. The other day, know. it was a great outing for Anibal Sanchez. He, sp- he threw a great game. Wander Suero comes in from the bullpen and blows Sanchez's good outing when Sanchez had only thrown 82 pitches. Like, what are you doing, Dave Martinez? Yeah, Dave Martinez needs to be gone. And um, Mm -hmm. if the Nationals don't make the playoffs this year, with, let's see, with Anthony Rendon, who is one of the most underrated players in the major leagues, Anthony Rendon, Trey Turner, Victor Robles, Juan Soto. Yeah, and you have Scherzer, Corbin, and Strasburg as the top three of your rotation, and you don't make the playoffs. Dave Martinez needs to be fired. I would have liked yeah. to see the national. If any, like, easily. I'm sorry, I could manage that team and get mm-hmm. them to the playoffs. That, that's ridiculous. That team that's could ridiculous. manage itself better than Dave Martinez yeah, is doing. Like, it's ridiculous. They need a player yeah. manager right now because it's just bad. But if there was any NL East team that should have gotten Kimbrough, I actually think it should have been the Nationals with all their bullpen struggles. Like, yeah, they, they weren't even in talks for him, though. They didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear one report about Kimbrough even talking to the Nationals. So I don't know what their front no. office is doing. Yeah, but you I don't know, know what, what their management they, is doing. They have so much money. The learners have so much money. And they have – you granted, they don't have a lot of draft capital anymore, like as far as like minor leaguers and stuff. Yeah. But you know what? They're going to play to win. And I, the Nationals have gone 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Don't exactly sleep like on the Nationals. Exactly. Don't sleep on the Nats. Because with Scherzer, Corbin, Strasburg pitching three out of every five days, man, don't sleep on them. How about well, if Anibal Sanchez pitches like last year? Yeah, Anibal yeah. Sanchez. I, I, I just, I just can't believe the guy. He he pitched a great game against the White Sox. So if all yeah. if all these guys can put it together, and they've been hitting, they're up four to nothing right now against the Padres in the second inning. Uh, they've been hitting the ball. So if they can well, just mix key. everything, then that's the key. They got to yeah. hit as right. a team. Right. You know, yeah. and not only that, too, <clears throat> a lot of their mistakes came on the base pass and fielding. Like with Robles, Robles was horrible in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Base running errors and throwing the ball to the wrong base. And like he was just, you know, just using him as an example. But, he you know, the Nationals, I think, I think will get the ship righted. Yeah. And the Nationals on paper, 
On paper, they're the best team, arguably in the National League. Yeah, they're the best team. Mm-hmm. You know, I see the Dodgers. Uh, I see the Dodgers over them right now, but mm-hmm. on paper, they the Nationals are there. I think even if they're a first round exit in the playoffs, Dave Martinez should be fired. Yeah, I, kind of I agree. What team? I agree. With several years that shot themselves in the foot more repeatedly. <laughs> Than the Washington Nationals. I mean, they're just, they can't get out of their own way to win games. I know, it's crazy. They, they need to win a series. They need yeah. to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be off topic again, but like, I just want to talk about some stupid Yankees fans. I'm like, Yankees, Yankees Twitter just is just so stupid sometimes. Like, oh, people, all these Yankees fans are coming out saying like, "Oh, let's go get Scherzer," and saying this shit. Like, no. The uh, what? What do you think that even if the Nationals wanted to trade trade Scherzer, which they won't, he has two years of control. Then even if they wanted to do it, they what do you think they're going to ask for him? They're going to ask for you know, it'll take yeah. like someone like like uh, Gleyber Torres or Sanchez or even Joe. Floreal. Let's let's yeah, yeah, let's give up Floreal and Gleyber Ooh. Torres for Esteban Floreal, who's like it was the Yankees' top prospect right now, outfielder. So let's take the top prospect and then another young player for a pitcher who's good, but he's in his thirties. He's, I mean, it, it would be a win now move rather than anything. And that's just stupid for that. The Nets aren't trading Scherzer. No, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. I like. I I understand what you're saying, Alex. Like on Twitter and stuff. I don't understand how this got legs. Like how? Yeah. This Who came up with even, this? Like started. It's just like, like uh, the Nets are not trading Scherzer. Did Jason like, Lockman Forna start reporting baseball or something? Like right. what? Why did this <laughs> even start? Yeah, like, I don't know. Like all right. It's, so the Dodgers are trading Kershaw. Like, yeah. how did this even? Like, how did this whole thing even start? Like, I it's not like the Nationals are out of it either. Like, like you said, they're, they 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 can still got hot. Like, yeah. Like, why did so, I don't understand? I don't understand why Yankees fans think that they're they're gonna like trade everybody. Or like, yeah. people are saying they're gonna trade Rendon too. Like, yeah, right. Um, well, why would they do that? Rendon would be more believable. I don't think so. Because Rendon's, Rendon's on the last year of deal. Rendon's yeah, a free agent though. at the end of the year. At least Scherzer, Scherzer has control for two more years. Do you know what it's going to take for you to get Scherzer? Are you kidding me? You're talking about you're talking about the best next to Kershaw, the best pitcher of the last five years. I think yeah. Scherzer's better. I mean, honestly, it's going to take. It's the the conversation is going to start with Torres or Sanchez. Mm-hmm. It's going to start that way. Yeah, and then it's going to say, "All right, Torres, Floreal, Abreu," like it, you know, it's going to go that way yeah. because you're not getting Scherzer with two more years of control. You're not getting Scherzer without giving up <laughs> your top. Yeah, guy. It's, just, it's not happening. It's not. It's not. Yeah, this is exactly why I hate like my like the Yankees fan base as a Yankees yeah. fan. Like, it's like all these fans make us look bad. 
They think like, they, the Yankees fans think they can get whoever they want on their team. Like I've seen mock trades for Scherzer. They think that oh, they can think- trade. They literally think they can trade like Clint Frazier and some low-level prospect for Max Scherzer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they right. think Clint Frazier is like you know Clint, who's hey, Clint Frazier. The Clint next Frazier can't DH in the ah. NL. Clint Frazier is going to have to play the field in the NL, and that's a scary yeah. sight. So good luck. Oh with yeah. Uh, well, not only that, they think like Clint Frazier and like Clint Frazier and Miguel Andujar. Yeah, there you go. That's like the big piece, like that's going to like the Nationals. Right. Really? No, it's going to take a little more than yeah, that. But like, <laughs> sorry. Was like, and then I think there was like Greg Bird in there too. It was like, wow. <laughs> like why would why would the Nationals trade for Greg Bird? I don't think the Nationals would trade. I don't think the Nationals would trade a a bucket of baseballs for Greg Bird at this point. Yeah, Yeah. really. What are you doing? Like, (laughs) no. Like I said, dude, it's gonna take. It's gonna start with Torres or Sanchez. Yeah, and that's the conversation starter. And then it's gonna take. All right, we want Sanchez, Abreu, Floreal. Like (laughs) it's gonna go to that. There's no way that Frazier and Andujar are going to get Scherzer. Yeah. It's not happening. It's not happening. Wow. All right. After that little rant about about how stupid Yankees fans are. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not including myself, but. I don't identify as myself or Gio. Well, there's two Yankee fans talking. So, <laughs> yeah, and I know Soupy would say the same stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as as the resident Red Sox fan, I'm saying, <laughs> hey Yankees, if you want to trade your farm for Scherzer, go for it. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. Let's do this. <laughs> I would hate Let's that if all if I saw a trade. If the Yankees ever trade Gary Sanchez, I might cry. Like I oh, love Gary yeah. Sanchez. He's like no, no, he no. used to be. I used to like be such say. a critic, but watch the game tonight. Yeah. Sanchez has really worked on his framing on his. Oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Just his, his defense as a whole walking. has gotten better. Yeah, his defense has really improved. I'm I'm actually impressed. And he's that yeah. he's got the best arm statistically in baseball, the strongest arm. So, yeah, that's always been the case with him. Right, that's part of why he's stuck there for so long is that they know that arm can play. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And the other thing too, this year he says he has 19 home runs, and and that's in like whatever 18 less games than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, Sanchez is a beast. Yeah. He's a beast. If he can learn to lay off the low and outside sliders, then he'll be such a better player too. Oh, yeah. he, that's his biggest <laughs> chase. Pitch. About more than half the MLB though. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if that's his one fatal flaw, then. Oh boy, you're really hurting. Yeah, exactly. Sanchez is Piazza without the average. Yeah, I mean he's really? hitting what two sixty five right now. That's not terrible average. Yeah, well, I'll take a two sixty. If you're gonna give me forty home runs from the catch spot, yeah, <laughs> I'll take two sixty. Today's game, no problem. You know, I'll take two sixty. Yeah, I'm all yeah. in. I'm all in for that. Yeah, well, like I said, he's Piazza with without the average. Right. It's basically what he is right now because Piazza was the same way back in the day. He wasn't a great, you know, they didn't do piss framing back then. But I mean, you know, he wasn't a great catcher as far as defense goes. But 
was it Mike Piazza that was was it Mike Piazza that was drafted of a out of a favor like Tommy yeah. Lasorda like Tommy Lasorda's favor to to Mike Piazza's father yeah, yeah. they grew up um Tommy Lasorda's son uh, Tommy Lasorda's son or something that was like a friend of theirs and Tommy Lasorda was like his godfather or something like that they grew up like around the block from each other. So he drafted Piazza as like a favor to Piazza's dad. He gets drafted in the 62nd round, 1,390th overall. That's got to be the best value pick of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because he and Ken Griffey Jr., who was drafted first overall, they both went in the Hall of Fame in the same year. Last year, yeah, the same day. Like, hey, did we just lose Cody? Yeah, we we got cut off again. Cody. Hall of Fame stuff. Uh, I can go on and on, but yeah, you know, we'll save that for a few months. <laughs> I can go on we'll and on about Barry Bonds and Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame too. Yeah. So, Agreed. yeah, they should. Yes, they should, Gio. Without a doubt. And I can go on and on about that, but that's for a different show. Oh, yeah. And that'll be – trust me, the Hall of Fame, once the ballot comes out, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll be going more into that like we did last year, the Hall of Fame yeah. Pro But definitely going to be going into that. I'm going to be all over people this year, all over people, not putting people in. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to start calling people out mm-hmm. because cause some of the whole thing stuff is ridiculous. I know. It's uh, Scott yeah, Rowan. Scott Rowan? Are you kidding me? I know. Andrew sir. Jones? Are you kidding me? These guys aren't. Andrew Jones is one of four players to win 10 gold gloves and hit 400 home runs. Yeah. The other three guys are mm-hmm. Mike Schmidt, Ken Griffey, and Willie Mays. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, me? Hall of Fame. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And this guy gets like 5% of the vote, barely stays on the ballot. There's something wrong here. Yeah, I, I don't know. Who's voting for that? Like, honestly, how do you not put Andrew Jones? Like, how is that not something I don't that's know. like majority? I don't know if you can put yeah. – I, I don't understand that. I really don't. Yeah, I don't What get do they not see? It. What do they not see in Andrew Jones that they see in everybody else that they I – don't, I don't get it either. I'm not, I'm not saying Andrew Jones is Mike Schmidt. But, no, but he's but, you know he's a Hall of Famer though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. So is so is Scott Rowland. So is Larry Walker. Mm-hmm. These guys are Hall of Famers, in my opinion. And yeah. you know the the Larry Walker one has to be that people are just judging his numbers just because he played in Colorado for several years, which is. Bogus that, reason. It's going to be the same thing for Nolan Arenado too, because oh, Nolan Arenado. Yeah. Well, Todd Helton. Yeah. yeah. Wait, Todd, Todd Helton gets on the ballot. And that's just such a joke. So it's like if you get drafted or if you play for Colorado, well, I guess you're not good enough to be in the Hall of Fame just because you played <laughs> yeah. 81 of your 162 games in Colorado. Yeah. What does honestly, Larry Walker? First of all, Larry Walker was a great fielder and a great base runner. In Montreal. Yeah. He played for the Expos. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, like, what What does this guy have to do? Dude, he hit, like, 370. 
in Colorado. I'm sorry, but look, if you're a 300, 400, 500 guy, you slash that for your career or even close to it. I don't care where you played. If you can do that in the major leagues for a good 10 years, 15 years, you're a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. That's why Edgar Martinez is a Hall of Famer. 300, 400, 500, you slash that, there's no argument. How can you argue that? I got a. I have a Hall of Fame question for you guys. I know we're getting off on a little bit of a tangent. Yeah, but, sorry about that. No, it's just. A, <laughs> I just got a quick question. Do you? I have a certain player in mind asking this. Uh, do you guys think that having a great glove is a good enough reason to be in the Hall of Fame? Like you're a you're a good hitter, like a 270, 280 hitter, fifteen twenty home runs, but you win Gold Gloves every year. Is that good enough to qualify for the Hall of Fame? If you're it depends. I mean, you kind of got to be like Ozzie Smith type territory where your glove is just yeah. so ridiculous, especially mm-hmm. in a position of, of need, like catcher, shortstop, center field. Yeah. If you're just saving runs left and right beyond all, all comprehension and you're hitting any with any decency whatsoever, like you're just a, even just an average hitter, but you're just a ridiculous glove, and you do that for several years, I think that's at least worthy to be considered. Because I've got uh, Andrelton Simmons on my mind right now. I was just going to say him. I would say yes. I would say yes if he does it for another couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to have a little longevity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yes, I was. And that's why I think Yadi Molina, I disagreed with the article Marcos wrote. I did too. Yeah. yeah, Yadi Molina is a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. I would vote for him 11 times out of 10. Yeah. Exactly. And he's a Hall of Famer. Because let's put it this way. Yadier Molina has changed. He he's one of the he's a top five defensive catcher all time. All time. All time. Johnny Bench was the best catcher ever. And there's no question to my mind. There's no question. No. You can look up the stats. You can if you want to argue it, go ahead. But Johnny Bench, to me, is the best catcher ever. Yanni Molina is the best top five defensive catcher. Um, Framing-wise, you know, Fangraphs looks at, like, started looking at that, too, and put that in there, F4, and everything like that. Molina is just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, as far as what he does, and the greatest thing that I saw about Molina is that the Cardinals, their pitching staff, their ERA is 0.75 higher when he doesn't catch. Yeah. And oh, yeah. That, that, just, that just speaks to – and he's caught for 16 years, so we're talking about big enough sample size. Oh, yeah. And, and he, so, I mean, he, he can hit the ball, the too. Uh, well, he's a, yeah, he's a good hitter. It's a, he's a hitter like Ozzie Smith. Right. Ozzie Smith wasn't no. a great hitter. Neither was Omar Vizquel. Barry Larkin. Oh, Barry Larkin was a little better. Look, I mean, <laughs> Barry Larkin had a little more. Yeah, I give Barry Larkin a little more credit for his hitting than than Smith or Bass. Uh, Fair, um, yeah. Vizquel, but I yeah, I just I don't but, think that you can argue against Molina. I don't think you can 
argue I mean Simmons is definitely someone even if he has longevity that I could see people arguing against but I mean like when it comes to how many runs you've saved that's such an overlooked stat because that's games that are won and lost based on a play that you made so oh Simmons is just Simmons is best top five top five shortstop all time yeah and he's he's underrated he's so underrated like you could ask uh Someone to name. I, I bet you could go up to some random guy on the street, tell him to name their top ten shortstops, and they don't say Angelton Simmons. I'd say Simmons. I I would put Simmons fourth behind um, Smith, Viscal, and Ripken. Because mm-hmm, I still yeah. Ripken was a really good defensive shortstop. Mm-hmm. Right now, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Give it a give it another year or two. Well, a couple of years. I might put, I might put Andrelton Simmons a little ahead of him. But what I'm saying though is that I'm saying if you could go up to someone on the street asking about them, just top ten shortstops in the league today, they might not include Simmons just because. Oh, probably not. Because yeah. Of yeah. Well, and that's kind of the Mike Trout West Coast bias, or yeah however you want to put it. He plays for the Angels. They play at night. Well, for my area in Central Time, it's 9 o'clock at night. For you guys, 10 o'clock at night then, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost every night. So nobody sees him, at least not in the East, not not in the Central. Yeah. Attention to him. They're playing for a less than 500 team, I think, right now, and have, have been more often than not in the last few years. And so he's just not going to – garner a lot of interest among the I don't want to say average baseball fan but the guy who's going to you know check in on ESPN and watch a game they're not going to see Andrelton Simmons right and that's why Mm -hmm. Mike Trout's an underrated player too like saying Mike Trout's underrated makes some people like what but he really is like you're going to look back in however many years and you're going to see you watch one of the best to ever play the game and Mike Trout, and I just don't think he still gets the respect that he deserves as the best player in the league right now. Like, there's no argument about it. Mookie Betts is not better than Mike Trout. Cody Bellinger is nowhere near better than Mike Trout. I don't care how he's hitting this year. He hasn't had the consistency throughout the first two years of his career, and he's not anywhere near as good of a fielder as Mike Trout. He does have an arm, but he is no – you can't argue he's better than Mike Trout. No one's better than Mike Trout. No, no one. No, no one's better than Mike Trout. You're not This is a fan. This is a question. But I mean, you wouldn't believe how many questions. And I know fantasy doesn't match reality, but at the, at the same rate, it's still kind of a measure of it. But you wouldn't see, believe how many questions you'll see on a Facebook group, on a Reddit group, or, or wherever, saying, "Oh, I've got these two." these two guys, you know, they're playing real well right now. Should it, or should I trade Mike Trout for him? And it's like, no, no, no. no. If, the no. Answer, if the question is, should I trade Mike Trout for stop yourself right there? The answer is yep. no, do not trade Mike Trout period. Mike Trout no. is the best player in the major leagues. And he's been the best player in the major leagues for the past six years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he is the best. That's it. Like there's no, there's no question. Like, it's not even close. It's not. Like, even I don't close. understand what people 
I like, wish he was in a good market where people could see him every day at seven o'clock in the Eastern time. I mean, dude, and the thing is, too, I wish like, he was on the Yankees. Yeah, <laughs> he just he just does these things. Like this is what he does. Yeah, like he's having a year this year. No one's talked. No, everyone talks about Cody Bellinger. Everyone talks about Ryu. Everyone talks about like his the season he's out. Everyone talks about all this stuff. No one talks about Trout because he's just having the year he always does. He's already got like a three war. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're third of the way through to say he's like 3.8 or something like that. Like he's fourth in the league or whatever. Like he just keeps doing what he does. Yeah. And he he's easily the best player in the league. It's not even close. I can't believe people. I, I've actually seen people on Reddit. Reddit. I'm sorry. Reddit users are stupid. Yeah. He's actually oh, yeah. saying that Cody <laughs> Bellinger is a better baseball player than Mike Trout. Oh no. God. No one's better than Mike Trout. It's, no it's, one. It's like the – No one's even – no one. No one's better than Mike no. Trout. No. All right. So here's, a, here's an interesting stat that somebody brought to my attention a while back, and it and – it, I had to look it up now, and I'm looking at it right now. Um, you guys familiar with uh, swinging strike rate, swinging strike percentage on Fangraphs? Yes. Yeah. yeah. With it's the times you swing and miss per, I think pitch. No, I think per swing, something like that. The league average is 11.1 percent right now. Uh, Mike Trout is currently sixth among all qualified baseball players at 4.4 percent. <laughs> That means he swings and misses at four point four percent of the of the pitches that he swings at. That's just that's. I guarantee you, Mike Mike Trout is top ten in just about every category that you can even look at. Even if it's metrics, even whatever metric you want to look at, I guarantee you, Mike Trout is like. But this is what so he does. All of these different statistics. Oh, there's Mike yeah. Trout. Oh, there's Mike Trout. Yep, there's Mike yeah. Trout. Yep, there's Mike Trout. There's Mike Trout. He's yeah, still he 27 years out. old. and Isn't that insane? If he can play till he's 38 or something, uh, he could be what, top five. I mean, he will be a top five player of all time. And, I mean, that's hard to do in baseball. But if, if he can hit for average power and run the bases, then – Wow, he's just... he is—he has a sixty-eight point four WAR already. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Hall of Fame level. I mean, <laughs> that's Hall of Fame numbers now. Right, exactly. Now I, I've he seen got, people in the Hall of Fame with he, under forty WAR. So I mean, you know what's funny? He's got—he's got a higher WAR than Derek Jeter. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe well, it. Not around the Yankee fans. And young, well, I had to throw that out there for the Yankee fans. <laughs> Derek Jeter, look, Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer. And look, when I look at the Hall of Fame, and I'm I'm very much into the Hall of Fame, and I know we're taking this in a different direction again. <laughs> I'm very much into the Hall of Fame stuff, and who should be there and who shouldn't. Derek Jeter, Jeter should definitely be in the Hall of Fame, without a doubt. But, Absolutely. but. Not unanimous. He is an overrated player. Also true. As I think, his, I think his leadership talent. is one reason that he was uh, just how, just the name Derek Jeter, how he led the team. Uh, as far as his talent goes, as a shortstop, 
Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I as a yeah. Yankees fan, he's I agree that he's overrated uh, because yeah. he hits for he hit for average very well. He was he never really hit for power. I mean, his career high was twenty four home runs. Mike Trout can hit forty home runs and hit for the same average. So of course, Jeter is an amazing defensive shortstop. Mike Trout's an amazing defensive center fielder. So Derek Jeter was a horrible shortstop. That is not true. He was, he was a bad well, shortstop. As he can say, I agree. Is, well, he, he, was, he was not a good fielding shortstop. I don't agree with that, but he, made, he was but, not. He, he made sparkling plays, but he wasn't overall. He wasn't a great, a great uh, shortstop. He was yeah. not. I guess you're right. I, but I, I want to correct you. Mike Trout's not ahead of Jeter in war yet. Jeter is 72.4 career war. Mike Trout, 68.4. But oh, by the end of the season, well, he'll be ahead of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's close. But anyway, I, I, I'm not taking any away from Jeter. I, 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 I don't want you guys to think that I'm taking anything away from Jeter because Jeter was a great player. 3,000 hits. I mean, it's incredible. The captain of the Yankees, and he won the championships. And he was, he was, he was a consummate professional. Like everything he did was a great, you know, was a great thing. But about, he's still uh, overrated. Mike Trout still overrated. It's it's not fair to compare their power because I mean Derek Jeter wasn't well, known I'm for power. Compa- no, no, no. I'm 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 going. To I wouldn't compare them. Mike Trout's only five home runs away from Derek Jeter's career mark. So, oh. I mean, there's that. So, I mean, we all know Derek Jeter wasn't a power hitter, but Mike Trout's hitting for average and power. <laughs> and Mike Trout's hitting 294 with 15 home runs this year, and people are still overlooking him this year. So, I mean, I don't even know. People yeah. will never realize how good of a player Mike Trout is until he's retired, I don't think. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, that's why I was so glad when Shohei Otani signed with the Angels. I thought it would put more limelight in uh, on Trout and on the Angels, but still, the West Coast thing's hard for East Coast people. And Otani's been injured; he hasn't been pitching. So, yeah, that's part of it. Still, yeah. Once he comes back to pitching, I think they'll they'll get a little more interest in him. It's just hard because the team just can't win, and I don't know. It feels like there's something in the water with the Angels and their pitching. Because there's always guys mm. hurt there. Yeah. yeah. All the time. Skaggs and Heaney are two of the most injury-prone pitchers I've ever seen. Like, yeah. especially yeah. Andrew Heaney. Andrew Heaney cannot stay on the field. No. And and he's a he's a good pitcher when he's healthy. It's Absolutely. he's just never healthy to show it off. So yeah. Yeah. I, and then well, uh, it's just, yeah Heaney Skaggs. And then they could have a really strong rotation right now. If he, if he needs Skaggs, Otani, those top three guys are healthy. That's a good top three. That's a top, I don't know, top 10, top 12 rotation in baseball. So, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. They're, They're never just... going to be healthy. No. Nah. All nah. three of them at the same time for one whole season will never happen. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> Twins are winning the World Series. <laughs> hard pressed to argue with you, at least with them getting there. I mean, they've just been playing out of their minds. And Twins are good. They're a good Kepler team. Three tonight. I was waiting for. I was watching the 
Wednesday good, man. End game there. Wednesday good. Hoping that he get the number four and see what happens with that. But he, he didn't get that. But I, I, I honestly don't think they don't have the talent that the Yankees and the Astros do. But aside from the Sometimes Yankees, it just takes heart. Sometimes well, it just takes heart for a team to get there. Aside from there. the Yankees and Astros, I think they're the best team in the major leagues. The Dodgers, okay. I'll give the Dodgers some credit. But in, in AL, at least, aside from the Yankees and Astros, I think they have the best talent in the AL. So if they can, if they can get lucky enough to not play one of them in the first round. I think you got a shot. I think the Twins have a shot. And is there a better manager right now than Rocco Baldelli? I mean, if he's right now, I'd say he's manager of the year by bounds. The way he's handled that pitching rotation, the lineup. And the bullpen. The bullpen has just been great. I mean, somebody finally figured out how to to just let Jake Odorizzi go through t- two times through the order, and that's it. You're done, buddy. You did your job. Get yeah. out of there. Somebody yeah. figured that out with Odorizzi, and now he's got the best ERA in the majors right now. Yeah. The, the, tw- the Twins um don't have a good bullpen on paper, but the way Baldelli's managed it, it's a, it's a good bullpen. Blake Parker has been good this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was he's huge. A, for us. He's not someone that – if. It, I mean, if I'm you ask me to name ten people that I wouldn't want to face, despite his three seven four ERA to get in the box again, I'd put him on that list. He is nasty, Blake Parker. If he's on, like, because he's he's on and off, he's hot and cold, but he's a nasty pitcher. And having someone like him to go to is really nice. And the, and before the season started, I mean, no one would have thought the Twins' bullpen on paper was good, but it is so. Yeah, I'm worried about I'm worried about their usage. Yeah, I'm a Twins fan, I'm worried about all their usage. I mean, I, I'm not worried about Odorisi because the starters I'm not worried about because Odorisi, Barrios, and Gibson can handle the workload. How about Smeltzer? How about Devin Smeltzer lately? He's been good, Johnny. See, this is the thing, like, and yeah, you know, Hildenberger and. Trevor, you know, they have to be able to mix and match with these guys. Yeah. Because there's no one guy that's their closer at this point. It's by committee, yeah. 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 They just have to – they just have to – I don't know how that's going to work in the playoffs. Like, once we get to that point. Because I'm looking at – I'm looking at Divisions 1. We we won the division. Division's over. Pretty much. Yeah, Unless I Cleveland agree. goes on a, a ridiculous run. Mm-hmm. They can't and do that if they're not healthy. Well, Cleveland's strength was their starting rotation. They lost Kluber, they lost Clevenger, and then they lost Carrasco. They, yep. They're done. Cleveland, Cleveland's not catching its wins. It's not going to happen. It's not winning a World Series anytime soon either. No. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for them. And, you their know, window is closed. It was, the strength of their team – was taken away by injury, and their lineup is garbage. Yeah. So, you know, we, we know that from garbage. DFS. We know that from DFS. You start the starters <laughs> that are going against <laughs> So, yeah. 
you know, I, I think the Twins win that division. It, it'll depend a lot, like, where they finish as far as how they sit, whether they play Houston or whether they play the Yankees first round or, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I didn't even realize how many guys for the Twins have been stepping up in the bullpen. You got Ryan Harper, who's a rookie this year, 30-year-old rookie. He's appeared 26 times in 24 and two-thirds innings. He's struck out 23 guys, a 1.82 ERA, and an 0.97 whip for someone who's never pitched in the majors before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're getting guys like this – this is the thing that worries me, though. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, is that you get guys like that that are just okay. They might agree now, but yeah. playoff time. We got to talk about playoffs. Well, yeah, that's that's exactly it, why I'm worried about twins guys. division. <laughs> well, we have to talk about a five game series, seven game series. You know, we'll see how these guys roll. That's yeah. That's exactly why I'm worried about Martin Perez and uh, yeah. out of the rotation. Yeah. He was terrible last year. He was a laughing stock of the Rangers. Martin Perez won't be part of the three man rotation. No, he won't. The three and, uh, yeah. That's why I'm worried about Tyler Duffy in the bullpen too. Career ERA of five three two, and this year it's two eight seven, and he's striking out guys at an insane clip. But Perez, yeah. I'm not. I'm not concerned about Perez because he's not going to be one of the top three in as far as uh player rotation goes. Right. It'll be I, it'll be Barrios, Gibson, and um Odorisi, As far as top three so you're right to be concerned about the bullpen though, because you got guys that are pitching good this yeah. year, but their career ERAs don't yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why I wanted Kimberl or Michael. Yeah. So at least, you know, at least we can see as far as that goes. Well, if Perez isn't going to be a part of the playoff rotation, couldn't you slot him into sort of a quasi Andrew Miller, Josh Hader type role where he just goes and throws multiple innings on the back? Well, yeah, he would be at that point. Yeah, he would be at that point. Mm -hmm. As far as the playoff goes. Yeah. Because yeah. and I mean, Gibson Odorisi and, and let his stuff play Barrios. Out. Yeah, Gibson, Odorisi, and Barrios would be the top three. Obviously. Martin Perez stepped to the bullpen as far as the playoff goes. No doubt. I just think that could make him a particular – he could be a weapon then in that, in that case, being able to let his stuff play up in the pen, throw a little harder for a little yeah. shorter velocity. Velocity stepped up this year. Yeah, it was weird with him. Yeah, so let's switch gears here. We can talk a lot about more of this stuff we've been talking about on our next episode, which will be probably Monday. We'll record on Sunday again, like usual. But then let's switch gears here to talk about the MLB draft, uh, which ascended on Wednesday. It, went, it was Monday through Wednesday, and you know. Uh, the first pick was what everybody expected. The Orioles strapped in Natalie Rushman. And, yeah. you know, the, the drafts, some teams had pretty good, really good drafts. Like, uh, we'll get more into them a little while, in a little bit, too, about the, uh, you know, the best, the teams that had the best the best drafts, but then other teams didn't have too good of a uh, draft. But uh, the first question here, 
on the draft is going to be like, what team do you think had the best overall draft? And uh, Gio, I'll go with you first. Um, yeah, it was kind of hard for me to pick a certain team that really killed it. I mean, the Orioles got Adley Rutschman, which I mean, he's a pretty good player, but I don't think they're. I mean, he's a really good player, but I don't think their draft was just because of him the best. I actually, uh, I like the Padres pick and C.J. Abrams. I mean, Mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know, I'm so sick of people telling me this when I uh, share my articles on draft reviews. You don't draft in the MLB draft by team need. You just don't do it. (sighs) The guys are so young that you're drafting. They're not going to play as soon as they're drafted. It's going to take depending on how old they are, between two and five years to get to the big leagues. I don't care if you have Fernando Tatis Jr. at shortstop because C.J. Abrams won't play shortstop. He'll either be a second baseman or a center fielder. Uh, and He'll be like D. Gordon, but with more power. You don't draft guys just because, oh, our team needs a catcher right now. We have to draft a catcher with this pick. We have to reach and take it catcher because it's our weak point. Uh-huh. Well, you won't see that guy for five years. So, I mean, what's the point? And then uh, you got – I actually really – speaking of catchers, I think the Braves pick at uh, Shea Langer – I don't know how to say his name. Is it Langoliers, Langoliers? At... I say Langoliers, which means it's probably wrong, but – Yeah, <laughs> that's how I say it too. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know I how to say it. I don't know. I think it was Lang. I don't know. Langoliers? I don't know. <laughs> and then I, 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 th- I always thought Josh Jung – his name was Josh Jung, not Josh Young until I watched the draft. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but yeah. any, but Josh Josh Young was a terrible pick, but we'll get into that later. Uh, Shea Landerlier's great pick for the uh, Braves, and then followed by Hunter Bishop, who should have went higher than where he went to the Giants. But Absolutely. we know how the Giants are mm-hmm. uh, developing position player talent. Uh, he might be a bust just because of how bad they are uh, yeah. at that. <laughs> I, w- I wish they drafted somebody else because I really like him. So hopefully he can pull through. Uh the Nationals drafting Jackson Rutledge should have went a lot higher. I thought he was going to go to the Twins. Uh, so Rutledge, good player, big guy, big guy, six foot eight. Out of uh, he went to he was JUCO last year, junior college in Texas. Uh, but I think overall, I guess if we're going by one team, which is kind of hard to for me to do, I'm going to give it to uh, to the Braves. I think the Braves just. They hit a lot of points where they, uh, I don't know. I think they had a lot of steals in the later rounds. Like I'm not, I didn't scout much past like the second, third round because mm-hmm. there's too much, too many kids to look at. I mean, you'll yeah. never see them all. But from what I could tell, the reaction from Braves fans who actually know some of them, it was a good draft for the Braves. I think it was a good draft for the Dodgers. Uh, Cody Hose, he spells oh, yeah. Cody with a K, so he spells it the right way. That's uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> the kid's got crazy power from Tulane. I was watching some tape on him. He gets moonshots. I mean, and he's a guy that you could see in two years probably. And so that's, that was a fantastic pick. I love him. And then they followed it up with another good pick uh, with Bush. But So I'd give it either the Dodgers or the Braves for this draft. Yeah, that's definitely – they definitely had some solid drafts there. And – uh, like you said, it's hard to pick in an exact team since it's some like you, you know, it's forty rounds. You can't. It's hard to keep track of all these players. But uh, one, the one team I thought had a really good draft was the Diamondbacks. They had, yeah, with their six with their sixteenth pick. They they got Corbin Carroll. That was, was the best pick of the draft. That's yeah. what I think. 
that's what I was going to say too. It's he, he was a projected uh, top ten pick, and they got him at sixteen. Yeah, I, I yeah. missed that. That yeah, I mean it was pretty. It would be pretty hard for them to butcher uh, their drafts, considering how many picks they had in the top seventy. So oh, yeah, they, they, had they four, did a really had, good job. They had four picks yeah. in the top top sixty four or whatever it was. And yeah. managing those picks um, could end up being useful. I mean, with their one of their compensation picks at the end of the first round, there they drafted Brennan Malone, which was a great pick if yeah. they can sign him. But that's a big if. The good thing mm-hmm. is with all those picks, they have all that slot value, which means they have a chance to over to overpay, quote unquote, Brennan Malone, and get a chance to get him. And so to land two guys that you could save, like on a lot of guys' boards, top 20 players, I mean, that's a huge win. Yeah. yeah. And then they also – they got seven seven top 200 prospects uh, graded by graded on by uh, MLB Pipeline in the first round, which was like – or the first two rounds, which was – I don't know how many, like – it was like a lot more than the all the other teams – like yeah. no, no, the other teams did got as many, you know, top two hundred prospects yeah. in, in those rounds, and then they also got five more in the, in rounds three through ten that were graded top two, top two hundred. Sure, yeah, they, they definitely. I missed that when I was giving them. So yeah, it's definitely. I changed the Braves, Dodgers, or Diamondbacks. Really, both of them had a great draft. So, Diamondbacks farm system is going to be boosted to a top five maybe even if they can sign Malone and some of these guys that might end up being a top five farm system in baseball yeah definitely yeah so uh, Cody you got any any every team that you you as the best you know overall draft I mean like I was saying the, the Diamondbacks really killed it with their picks um I agree also with Langeliers. I did a profile on him, and I didn't really know a lot about him before looking into him and then looking into him. I mean, he's got a chance to have – I mean, he's a quality, quality catcher defensively, and he's got a chance to have at least an average bat in in the major leagues. And, I mean, if you're talking about a guy that can go there and play a majority of games – having the defensive skills he has and being able to be something close to an average bat. I mean, hopefully a middle of the order type bat. I mean, that's a, a quality pick there, especially to get it at number nine. I mean, Adley mm-hmm. Rushman's going to be the top catcher that everybody's talking about and with good reason, but Shea's not too far behind him in my opinion. I think he's better defensively. Yeah. I, yeah, think, I agree. He is. Yeah. All he's got to do is hit 250 and win win a couple gold glove or two behind the plate, and he'll, that pick will be very well worth it. Oh, wow. yeah, definitely. And so, next question is going to be just uh, you know, we talked about the best best drafts for a team, and then best you know best picks, and then what's what are, what like what's the team that had the worst draft, or what are the, some of the worst picks that in the draft, uh, yeah, we want to go first. Yeah, well, I think the Rays started off pretty rough with Greg Jones from UNC Wilmington, but mm-hmm. after that, they really recovered. They got a uh, JJ Goss is that his first name. Um, yeah, yeah, JJ yeah. Uh, yeah, Goss, and then they got Seth Johnson with their next two picks. I think they hit on those two picks, so 
they recovered from their initial first pick. I didn't even know Greg Jones was, to be honest with you. So uh, that one wasn't good, but they recovered. But I think easily the worst draft uh, is the Houston Astros. I mean, like, it's almost like the Astros were drafting by team need or something. Like, taking Mm -hmm. Corey Lee, the catcher from Cal in the first round, like, there are so many better guys you could have taken there. I, Cameron Misner should have went off the board. Uh, JJ yep. Goss even. I would have even taken Davis Wenzel over Corey Lee. There's a lot of guys that would go over him. Like no disrespect to him, he's a decent player, but he's not worth the first round pick. So I don't know who is ma- making that choice for Houston, but it's like they were these guys on Reddit who were saying that, uh, mm-hmm. oh, we need a catcher. Let's draft a catcher. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes! Big yikes there. And then the Cubs. Didn't have a stellar draft either, but uh, about Jensen, I graded him as a D, but I don't know too much about him, so that's probably an unfair grade. I just uh, didn't love the pick. So Cubs, bad draft. Astros, terrible draft. And that, I'm just basing that off the first round picks, honestly, because I can't. You can't judge talent from the the sixteenth round. You can't judge talent from the third round, honestly. You don't know what these guys are gonna turn into. So the best you can do is judge the first round and the uh second round maybe. Yeah. And one of the other picks that you know you mentioned before was uh Josh Young at number oh, eight yeah. the, for the Rangers. And he, oh, that yeah. was that was an awful pick for them. I don't I don't know why they did him at, that high at all. I did a profile on uh Josh Young and I the rain, he's a Texas kid. He went to Texas Tech. That must have factored in the equation, which is dumb. Because yeah. I, when I did a profile on him, I was not impressed with Josh Young as a hitter. I mean, he plays at the hot corner, which uh, generally requires you know a decent amount of power. I mean, I think he hit eleven or twelve home runs this year, and he had a decent average. I mean, he's nowhere near worth the eighth overall pick. They missed out on so many guys by taking Josh Young. I. There was 15 guys, honestly, I would have taken over Young. I really didn't like him when I did my uh, yeah. profile on him. He's, he's a decent hitter, but I don't I don't know if he's going to stick at third. And if he has to move to first or something, that's going to be really hard for him to keep a uh, position there if he's not going to hit the ball. So. Yeah, I, read, I actually like was looking into him more, and I read something about how they kind of looked at this, his past season. He kind of broke out a little bit. He, you know, his bat came alive a little bit. But I just, I don't know how you can rate it on one season. Like it could just be a fluke season. I don't like. Yeah, I mean, like we've seen win. guys like Hunter Bishop, who I did a profile on too. He was just, he's just a dominating player. He hits for average. He hits for power. And sure, he uh, he went a little bit cold towards the end of the season at uh, ASU, but he. Still, him being cold, at one point he was hitting 415, which dropped all the way down to like 360. So that did worry me. I did put that in my profile that I don't like that huge drop in average because that's a very streaky thing. But if he can hit 360 while having a bad streak and Josh Young sitting like 320 and having a great year, I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with, with Young, he was – he actually was uh, the Big 12 co-play of the year, and then he bat. Yeah, I think he hit like three. Let's see, he was he hit three thirty-two, or and then yeah. But like that's just one season. Just it, you shouldn't judge it off of his last, just his, his last season 
you know, in college, his other seasons weren't weren't as nearly as good. So it's, yeah. And I have to agree, especially with the Rangers. If you're going to reach for a third baseman, I mean, the the Texas thing, if you want to go with the Texas thing, I mean, Brett Beatty, I mean, is a high school guy and he's got age concerns being 19 years old coming out of high school. But I don't, I don't know why that's a big deal. But yeah, uh, no, it's not. If you, I mean, Brett Beatty has a better bat maybe right now than Josh Young, Josh Young does. And yeah, I mean, He's younger. He's potentially more talented. Yeah, he's. I don't know if he's going to stick at third, but I think you could say a lot of the same. He's have a lot of similar concerns with Young. I don't and, think Young's going to stick at third. So yeah, we'll see. And so I mean, if you're going to take a shot, like I had talked about it in my profile when I did it, the profile on Beatty, you're going to take a shot on a guy. I mean, Beatty would have been the perfect guy. I mean, heck, there were guys a couple nights before the first round of the draft people were whispering about Beatty sneaking into the top three which I think was ridiculous but at the same yeah. time it went to show <laughs> the kind of bat that Beatty has and the potential that he has there I don't see the problem with drafting a 19 year old high school kid if you're going to draft a 21 year old college kid I mean how far behind can Absolutely. he really be he's mm-hmm. not he's not he, I don't think Brett Beatty's two full years of experience behind Josh Young I think he's right there with Josh Young and he's two years younger so what's I don't see the problem with his age I don't I don't understand it but that's that's baseball for you right there yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Beatty was a steal I don't, that was a good pick by the Mets they really had a good draft with him and Matt Allen that was an underrated draft. Matthew Allen should have went in the first round too. And oh, the, I didn't yeah. they got Matt Allen. Holy crap! Okay. Yeah. So actually, I'm I'm gonna refrain on what I said earlier and give the Mets uh, <laughs> give the Mets the best <laughs> draft there. I I forgot all about Matthew Allen. So that's just uh, yeah. two that great was actually, picks. That was actually gonna be my for the next the next question. It was like you had the best value pick, and I was gonna that was mine for that. Uh, you know they. Oh, they, sorry to steal your thunder. <laughs> no, that's no, it's good, but he, you know, he was he was rated as I think the thirteenth, like a projected thirteenth pick, and then they got him in the third round. It's just like insane. Oh, it was the third round. I thought it was the second round. Wow. No, that's, yeah. I don't know but why he fell. If anyone was going to fall, I thought Zach Thompson was going to fall. I think it was because he's they're not sure if he's going to sign. That's what it was. Like, he's the same thing with Leiter. Oh Leiter. yeah, true. But Al Leiter fell all the way to what round twentieth round, I think, because he's definitely not signing. There's no way he is. I don't even think it was worth taking a flyer on him in the twentieth round. There's no way he signs. Yeah, I just I don't understand that either. Like, why? Like, if he's like, uh, why would anyone draft him? If he's so committed to go to Vanderbilt, I wouldn't take him in the 40th round because good talent still comes in that round. And if you're going to just waste a pick, why waste a pick? Yeah. Because it's like if the only way he would have signed, even if I had a chance to, if he went in the first round or the second round, if, like at, at the point if it's the 20th round, then this, he's not. He's definitely not signing. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't they, understand it. The, the Yankees would have to give up so much slot money if they if they wanted to convince Leiter to sign. They the only way they could get him to sign is if they gave him ridiculous money, which he doesn't need ridiculous money. Let yeah. him go to Vanderbilt. Yeah, because I I think he was I, I think he was like looking for four million or something like that. So 
yeah, no one's giving a rookie, a high school kid, four million dollars when high school pitchers don't work out very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was uh, my best value pick. So, what do you? I know you were talking about it too, but do you have any other ones that you that were good value picks? Any of you? Both Cor- of you? <laughs> Corbin Carroll, best pick of the draft. I had mm-hmm. him going eleven to the Blue Jays, and he fell. To the Diamondbacks, I don't know why. I mean, I think I think that Alec Manoa was a decent pick for the Blue Jays, but Corbin Carroll, I mean, he's just such a good player. Like, he's got raw power. He's got very good speed. He's got a great glove. He'll stick in center field. He can hit for contact. And I can, uh, a lot of people compared him to Jacoby Ellsbury. I compared him to uh, Andrew Benintendi. But I think he'll be better than Benintendi because honestly, I think Benintendi is an overrated player. But that's another discussion. I, uh, I think, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Cody, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I think, can't hear you. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, Corbin Carroll is going to be Andrew Benintendi with more speed and a better glove. And then George Kirby to the Mariners was another great pick because George Kirby, oh, yeah. uh, zero point four six walks per nine. Uh, he he doesn't put any, he doesn't give away the free pass. I mean, he paints the corners. He he gets hit a little bit. I think he was like eight, seven or eight hits per nine, which is a little bit higher than I'd like to see. But if, if you're gonna if you're not gonna walk anybody, then that that's just a great pick too. Yeah, that's what, another another pick I was gonna mention too was uh, Cameron Meisner to the Marlins. I think it was I believe it was the second round, but he was projected like thirty thirtieth pick or somewhere around there, but he fell all the way to, you know, the, I think it was the end of the second round or something like that. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah. And he was, I was kind of mad at the Yankees and, you know, pick him at their pick. Cause when he, when he fell, I was like hoping they knew they were going to pick him, but they didn't, they picked, uh, Anthony Volpe. Yeah, Anthony Volpe. Back-to-back just... Anthony's in the first round for the Yankees. Anthony Siegler last year, Anthony Volpe this year. Yeah. And, and I, Volpe, I don't hate I, I definitely don't hate that pick. Yeah, I don't, it's a solid pick. I don't know anything about him at all, so I I can't uh-huh. like it or hate it. Yeah, I well at first I didn't know anything, but then I I kind of looked, I looked at some tape and he's pretty solid. So yeah, he's also from he's a shortstop from New Jersey too. So you know the last kid the last kid that was picked by the Yankees from New Jersey who was a shortstop. You know what yeah. happened there? <laughs> yeah, so. Who knows? Cody, best value? Um, there's a lot of guys that I kind of liked. Uh, Zach Thompson going to St. Louis was kind of a sneaky, decent pick. Um, a guy that I did a profile on, Daniel Espino. Yeah, I, that he fell. I like fell. his stuff. Well, and it was an interesting deal with the whole. Okay, so he's six foot two. Probably, uh, maybe, uh, and just 94 to 97 with his fastball can touch a hundred, um, devastating slider, iffy, but okay. Curve and changes developing, but that's normal with high school pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of concern the last couple of years, especially about prep guides, especially prep righties that throw really hard and aren't undersized. 
And so it was kind of an interesting case study almost to see, you know, is this going to be a guy that is going to fall or not? And sure enough, he fell, at least in my mind. I mean, I could have seen him going uh, in the teens, in the early teens, even if somebody wanted to take a chance on him. I thought I mean, the Nationals would probably be uh, where he would go. but Absolutely. Would be a great pick there. I mean, and, you know, they got Rutledge, which was another guy that I was kind yeah, of – Yeah, yeah. Could be oh, a good yeah. pick for them. Espino's got – because of the size and the delivery's a little – it's not bad. It's just kind of cross-body, and it's something that – he kind of profiles with average command at best with that delivery as it is right now. But I mean, that's something that you could coach. If you feel good about coaching guys up, you can do that. And I mean, Cleveland's the team to do that. I mean, look at the stuff that they've done with all the pitchers that they have. So, I mean, it's a risk with him. He's got a kind of a reliever profile, but even if he's a two to five inning kind of guy, like a Andrew Miller or like a guy who needs an opener type deal, like a Yarbrough or a, Torinos or somebody like that that's mm-hmm. still a valuable pitcher especially with how hard he throws and and the way he can utilize his stuff so I think it's an interesting pick especially considering it was Cleveland making the pick I'm yeah. sick of the Yanni Torinos getting an opener thing he doesn't need an opener anymore I, th- I think I just Yanni want to see him pitch no. I, I think Yarbrough hmm. absolutely does I don't think Yarbrough's you know I think he definitely open for him but Yanni Torinos is a good pitcher he can go through the I, lineup a few times. I kind of agree. And he's started a handful of times this year already. I mean, he yeah. can definitely do it. It's just for some reason the Rays are kind of in love with this whole opener deal. And I mean, they've got guys that definitely need it. Beeks is a guy that they've kind of unlocked having an opener for him and then letting him go out for four innings. But who did they trade to get Beeks? Uh, that would be Eovaldi. Oh, right. So oh, they yeah. Solid right. Okay. trade on their part. Yeah, I mean, Yavali has been hurt. I mean, he was good for the Red Sox last year, though. No doubt he helped him. So it worked both ways. Absolutely. It was a Definitely. it was a shot worth taking, especially considering what the way Beaks pitched for the Red Sox last year. He was horrible. Terrible. With a capital yeah. horrible. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> at the time, I was kind of like, eh, yeah, sure, that's fine. And now I'm kind of sitting there going, eh, if we had yeah. an opener guy for him, Beaks could be pretty good right now. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I heard about Avaldi. I heard that they might even, like, consider using him at least in the playoffs or something if the Red Sox make the playoffs at the uh, back end or mm-hmm. of their bullpen or something, someone who could come in and throw an inning because he's sharp against the, the first time he faces the lineup. He's almost unhittable. So if yeah. you get him in there as a bullpen guy, I mean, that might even be better than him starting. So, And that was yeah. the thing that we that I know that people had discussed with him when they signed him. Because it was a pretty big deal, a four-year deal, yeah, um, mid-teens per year, kind of a, a solid deal for him. And so, but he's got, I mean, he's got the stuff where he could definitely play it. That stuff definitely plays up in the pen. And so, if we ended up having to use him in the back half of that deal as a seventy-inning guy, a, or even a closer, I said, he's got the skills to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so moving on here to the, you know, next thing, uh, we talked uh, best value picks. Uh, we can move on to the next uh, worst. What were the worst value? Uh, I mean, worst reach picks of the draft. And uh, 
Gio, you mentioned earlier, Corey Lee for the Astros. He's he was my I said he was my worst the worst reach. I, like you said, it was just I, I don't know what they were doing there. Like they didn't they like they kind of you know drafted for need, not for you know the best overall player. There were so many other players there that they were still on the board. Uh, yeah. I mean, we kind of touched on this reach thing a lot already. I mean, Josh Young. Mm-hmm. Greg yeah. Jones, Corey Lee, Jensen. I mean, there's just – just. I mean, and with the MLB draft, it's so hard to call someone a reach or a bust in the first round when they're drafted because you don't know how talent's going to translate. You could think that taking J.J. Bleday at, thir- at fourth was a fantastic pitch, which I, which I don't. I, I don't like Bleday, but, I mean, you, you could think that that's going to be a great pick for you, great value, whatever – and he could end up never seeing Major League Baseball. And you could think Corey Lee was an awful pick, and he could be a great catcher in five years. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to judge people on what yeah. they did in college. It's totally different. I mean, metal bats. We'll see. Yeah. It's like maybe they saw something that nobody else did even. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's the only thing you can really – give them at that but at this point just toss them a bone because it was a weird pick yeah because i just i didn't even like really know anything about him i was just all of a sudden i see that astros picking some guy Corey lee i'm like who the hell is this yeah i didn't i didn't see him in any projections in the first round so it's like yeah me neither because there was you know there was uh goss was still up there meisner malone uh even heinz uh callahan you know, other, other well, Callahan and uh, Lugo, the other shortstops that were still up there that were ranked higher than him. Yeah. Well, and you have to wonder, especially when you get later into the first round. I know listening to some podcasts and talking to some of the guys who've who've worked in drafts and, and talked with guys that are in the system. You later teams, I think. They want to they they'll call these kids and be like, "Hey, here's the number that we're gonna draft or that we're gonna give you if we draft you here. Are you gonna take that?" Mm-hmm. And if they say no, then they'll just move on to the next guy on their board, or they'll just go and try to find a value pick elsewhere and just hope that they can move their slot money around so that the next pick that they make they can get a guy who's fallen who's fallen for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes like with. I've heard, and you kind of touched on this, but like with later uh, picks, I mean, with the MLB draft, it's a lot different than every other sports draft where you're getting that player right away. I mean, very rarely does that happen. It happens on occasion with Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, but they're anomalies. But when it comes to football, that player that you took in the first round is expected to make an impact year one. Basketball basketball if you take him in the top 15 he's expected to make an impact year one and same thing with hockey baseball you could take someone number one overall and not see him for three years so i yeah. a lot of teams you know they like taking risks especially if they're uh, picking in the later in the latter half of the first round they don't mm-hmm. mind taking the risk because they know that a lot of other teams who aren't taking risks, they're still not going to see their players pay off either. So why not take a shot on a guy that no one's talking about 
and then maybe in a couple of years he could be someone who's viewed as a great pick. So, and I think a lot of it also falls into philosophy. Like if there's a guy that if there's like three guys on the board, but two of them are high school pitchers, and well, we don't take high school pitchers, so we'll take the 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 prep shortstop because well you know, he's the next guy on our board that isn't a high school pitcher and we don't want to take high school pitchers because we think they're too much of a risk or whatever. It all depends on team philosophy too, I, I think, when you're looking at the picks that they make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I just realized we still haven't gotten Johnny back. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. I, I said in the chat, I said, I was like, where are you at or whatever. Uh Yeah, so that was, uh, you know, some of the worst picks in the draft. But as we said, you know, it's it's hard to really garner what the what the players are going to do. It's hard to assess it, and you know, you have somebody somebody picked in the, you know, take you take a flyer onto somebody, and they they can end up working out. But then other times, even you know, a, a number two pick isn't going to work out, and then or even number one, they just. No, they don't. They can't adjust to the, you know, the next level level or, or anything. So, but um, that's kind of going into our, our last. My last question here is just, you know, what what first round selection of the draft has the best shot of, uh, you know, making a, you know, pretty quick impact in the league. Quick is in there. I mean, they're gonna see the league in the next year to or two years. Yeah. And... Yeah. Like, and then have and have a pretty big impact in the league, yeah. Andrew Vaughn, he's someone oh that God. has that, to was, be. That was mine. Yeah, yeah. He he's someone <laughs> that has to. They have to have an impact from him soon. Yeah. You know, you're taking a flyer on a guy like Vaughn. Honestly, I, I did a profile on him too. A lot of people don't like him because he's short and because he might not even have the defensive capabilities to stick at first. But I mean, I disagree. Mm-hmm. He's gonna stick. He'll stick at first. But yeah. Chris Davis is short, and Chris Davis hits a lot of home runs. So I, I height in every sport. I mean, I, with Kyler Murray, I, I that's a whole different topic. I'm not even gonna go into that. But mm-hmm. people, people talking about height. I mean, come on, really? Like it's like they've never seen a talented player who's not six foot tall. I mean, come on, Vaughn's five eleven. Some people say five ten. Okay, he still hits a lot of home runs. And he's going to have to make an impact. You know, Jose Abreu, he's hitting the ball. Mm -hmm. He's never had a bad season. But he is 32 or 33. I mean, he's – and who knows? Vaughn might come up in DH while Abreu's in his last legs on the team, like before he retires. But Andrew Vaughn's got to make an immediate impact. That They drafted him to – not for five years from now. They drafted him for a year or two from now. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say about him too. I had that, I had all that written down, but then you just stole it all from me. <laughs> I mean, bad. that that is an interesting pick. I mean, what does that what does that pick say? If you're make, if you're a team making that pick as the White Sox, it says the White Sox have a good farm system. I, that's uh, exactly what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Their depth everywhere else on the field seems to be pretty solid. I mean, they've got Tim Anderson. They've got Yohan Moncada, they have your more 
defensively minded positions kind of not necessarily locked up, but definitely have talent in those spots. Mm-hmm. So this is a move I think that's saying, hey, we're getting our we're getting our big bat. We're getting him now and we're gonna put this core together. And in a couple of years, we're really gonna be rolling. I think well, that's what they're trying to say with this pick. Yeah, and like how about when Michael Kopech's healthy too? And then you got Luis Robert, who's won uh minor league player of the month both months so far uh and he's mashing the baseball you got good prospects in the outfield good players in the infield good pitching prospects i mean you're set up for success why not go for someone who's going to help sooner than rather than later i agree yeah definitely uh do you guys have any have any more comments on any anything in the draft Or uh, no. no, I think we I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah, we I guess we started off with, you know, breaking not breaking the news, but you know news that just recently came out here on this uh Thursday night that as we're recording this, uh that you know, uh, Dallas Keiko was signed by the Braves and then just uh what was it last night? Yeah, that Craig Kimball was Craig, uh, Craig Kimball, Kimbrell, if I could speak, <laughs> he was signed by the Cubs, and you know I, we talked about this before in the show that, and I think that the, we just lose Cody, the, yeah, but wow. um, I think that the this really puts the. You know, Cubs over the over the uh, edge here that they're they're definitely gonna win that division. I think they they were my pick early in the season. I mean, before the season to win the division, I'm definitely sticking that with with that now with this with this signing of Kimbrel. Yeah, and uh, they were my pick to make the World Series in the uh, National League, and I they're still my. I'm not staying straying away from that either. Yeah, and uh, with the uh, with the Braves signing. I think that puts them in a good position to win win the NL East too, and and uh, like you know the Phillies, the Phillies are kind of well right now anyway are the only other only competition. But you know the the Nationals could end up getting hot and you know kind of. I still think the they're going to win that division. division. Yeah, uh, it's definitely going to be close. I think it'll be probably a two game. I think it's going to end up being like a two game difference between those three teams or yeah, something like the, that. The Mets, once again, everyone puts hope in the Mets. Mets are going to be good this year, and the Mets are just not good. The Mets offense mm-hmm. is brutal. Like, they, they have decent pitchers, and, I mean, they have good pitchers, and their offense just can never be consistent. Yeah, I just – I don't know why – whatever – what happens. Like, uh, I thought – I thought actually, I actually thought the Mets were going to be decent this year, and then – they're healthy too. They're they're yeah. not. They're healthy. So I mean, it's just suspicious. But he needs to retire at this point. So I I don't know. Oh it's, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's what's going on. You know, they like they made like moves in the off season too. They got. Uh, you know uh, what the hell? I just went blank. Oh, they got Cano and uh, Diaz. Yeah. Yeah. In the off season, I thought that they were making a move. To, you know the thinking that they were going to be in position to you know, even win the division, but 
it just there's it's a, just there's, another bad not, year, and I think yeah. Mickey Callaway's on the hot seat too. Yeah, he is. He's. I don't think he's a good manager. I never. Even when they first hired him, I was not confident in his ability. Him, Dave Martinez, both of them are on the hot seat, and you know you could argue a couple other guys around Major League Baseball, but they're they're the ones who are, everyone's got their focus on right now. Yeah, and I saw some Mets fan, some Mets fans on like Twitter and Reddit and stuff that were already kind of crying for them to fire him, like in the middle of the season. So I wouldn't, yeah, I, I don't wouldn't know put, about I really, I, I don't know, like, I don't think it would happen. I think they're they'll wait for the end of the season if they, do, if anything. Yeah. Because even I saw even something that said they were that. Uh, Joe Girardi was like a potential candidate for manager or something, but that's I think that was just Mets fans saying. I don't think it was actually a thing. But. Yeah, that's what Mets, Mets fans want. Yeah. yeah but anyway, we can get more, in, more to that in our you know next episode, which I said before would probably be coming out Monday, and I'll record on Sunday. <clears throat> And As we speak, Mike Trout hits a two-run home run. Oh my! Did he? Wow. Yeah, gotta and love Mike cares. Trout. Yeah, because everyone's asleep right now. Yeah, but you know, next episode we're well, we're getting closer to uh, the you know the All Star break and everything, and the voting the voting is now open for the All Star break, and it's you know it's a different voting system this year. It's you actually vote twice, so they vote once, and then they narrow it down to the top three candidates, and then you vote again on those on those guys. So it's a little bit different this year, but you know, I think that's we'll see what how it goes. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not too sure on on this whole the whole change in the, the voting, but I will see what happens. But yeah, yeah. But the All Star game is coming up, and now we're really getting to think of things with baseball season and you know, hockey will be done. Hockey and basketball will be both be done by next week with hopefully yep. hopefully the Raptors and Blues both win. Yeah. Because I don't want to see the Warriors win again. I don't want to see a Boston team win again. Yeah. Boston fans are spoiled enough, so. Yeah. So, yeah, join us next time for another brand new episode and as we get more into it, dive into uh, more into the baseball season it's, or as this, as we go through the summer it's, just, it's all going to be baseball so yep. keep an eye out for more articles on the Scorecrow and make sure you follow follow Scorecrow on Twitter at the Scorecrow and Facebook Instagram and then also this podcast is available on all on most of the po- podcast apps that uh, that are, are uh, available so yeah, just remind you again, you never have too much pod talk.